With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Express. KCAA. Loma Linda. 1050 AM. The station that leaves no listener behind. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. Lisa Marie Presley is dead at the age of 54. Her mother confirmed the news in a statement to People on Thursday, calling her the most passionate, strong, and loving woman I have ever known. Presley, who is the daughter of Elvis and Priscilla, was hospitalized in Southern California earlier Thursday with possible cardiac arrest. She just attended the Golden Globes on Tuesday to support actor Austin Butler in his win of Best Actor for his portrayal of Elvis. At least six people are dead in Alabama after a series of tornadoes slammed the state on Thursday. The fatalities were reported in Ottawa County and officials in the city of Selma say there is significant damage. Governor Kay Ivey has declared a state of emergency for at least six counties while Georgia is under a statewide emergency. Attorney General Merrick Garland is appointing a special counsel to oversee the investigation into President Biden's handling of classified documents following his tenure as vice president. I signed an order appointing Robert Herr a special counsel. Robert Herr is taking on the role after serving as U.S. Attorney for the District of Maryland during the Trump administration. The announcement comes after Biden's team in November discovered classified records in a Washington, D.C. office previously used by Biden. The federal government is dropping its appeals involving two former Minneapolis police officers convicted of violating George Floyd's rights during his murder in 2020. Lisa Taylor reports. The Eighth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals acted on the request from federal Federal prosecutors in the cases of J. Alexander Kang and Tu Tao. The defendants are still appealing their convictions handed down by a jury last year. Tao was sentenced to three and a half years in prison, and King was sentenced to three years. I'm Lisa Taylor. The latest inflation data shows the economy is headed in the right direction. You're listening to the latest from NBC. Texas, boogie back to 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 Texas, boogie back to
Kentucky to Kentucky Gonna make it by the morning If I'm fast and if I'm lucky Hold on tight, I'm homeward bound Gonna boogie back to Austin Back to my hometown Boogie back to Texas Boogie back to Texas Boogie back to Texas Boogie back to Texas We're gonna boogie back to Texas Eight feet to the mile Several years, KCAA has been marketing the Longevity brand of nutritional and personal care products. Our experience with Longevity has been 100% positive, so we are pleased to recommend them to you. Regarding nutritional supplements, we recommend Pollen Burst in the berry flavor and Tangy Tangerine 2.0 in the tablet form. For regularity issues, we recommend 3-day cleanse, and for personal care, we recommend Morning Hydration Cream. You can shop online for Longevity at www.kcaateam.com or you can order by phone by calling 800-982-3197 and tell customer support that you are part of the KCAA team. Longevity is an American company based in San Diego. Call Longevity at 800-982-3197 and ask about monthly auto ship that allows you to buy Longevity products at wholesale prices. That number again, 800-982-3197. It's that time of year again. No, not the holidays. Medicare open enrollment. And if you have questions about Medicare, you should talk to the local experts. Paul Barrich and Associate. Paul and his agents are certified with plans that are accepted by most of the medical groups in our area. Call 909-793-0385. Their services are free, and after 41 years in the business, their agents are trained to help you pick the plan that's right for you. 
This segment is sponsored by PressPrint, Southern California's best full-service union printer and mailhouse. They offer the lowest prices around with unmatched service and reliability and free delivery throughout SoCal. PressPrint can print anything from letterhead, business cards, and campaign literature to mailers of any size, lawn signs, banners, door hangers, or just about anything you might want. PressPrint promises to save money for you, your business, or your campaign. If you'd like to learn more, contact Mike Krumbrin at PressPrint 714-399-8708. They are just about everywhere, except in places like the Sahara Desert, and there are so many of them. Therefore, they can't really be special, but according to some, they are. And so we ask, can a plant be one's special someone? Welcome to the award-winning Food Chain Radio Show with your host, Michael Olson. And now, get ready for one hour of What's Eating What Radio. Well, hello out there. You are tuned into the 1305th edition of the Food Chain Radio Show. Or hey, perhaps you're among our friends over there in Acordelia who are tuned into the Food Chain Podcast at MetroFarm.com. Well, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome aboard. I am Michael Olson, your host for this hour of What's Eating What. Folks, while driving a moving van with my daughter's houseplants through America South, I got to thinking about the late Gerd Schneider, who lived and worked back there in America's Silicon Valley. Gerd was a plant propagation specialist who hunted down very special and unique ornamental plants, propagated them by the tens of thousands, and sold them to a wholesale and retail nurseries throughout California. I spent a lot of time with Gerd learning about his business in order to use his business to teach others about the business of farming for the city, vis-a-vis a chapter-length interview in my book, Metro Farm, The Guide to Farming in or Near the City for the City. During one such conversation, I blurted out a question that stopped Gerd in his tracks, and that might well have been the first time I had ever seen Gerd stand still for anything. Gerd, I asked, what is the substance value of an ornamental plant? After all, you can't eat it. Gerd's reply, as quoted from the book Metro Farm, was as follows. If you looked around and found that all the vegetation had disappeared, it would be hell. In some of the subdivisions in East San Jose, there was not enough money for vegetation. The only yard some of those people have is a garbage can and five five cars. It's ugly, and the people who live there will eventually turn ugly. They will respond to television and beer and driving in their car. But if you are surrounded by the beauty of plants, it has an effect on you. It really does. Plants have a way of making our lives a little more human. Just think of of this as a barren desert. It would be devastating. Then I got to thinking about what the plants in the moving van I was driving might be thinking about the conversation wife Marlene and I were having while stuck in a two-hour traffic jam somewhere in South Carolina. They must have thought us to be very unhappy and probably were very happy that they were plants instead of angry humans. We did succeed in getting the plants moved across the south to their new home, where they instantly changed the new and strange into the old and familiar for the daughter and her husband. 
that plants can bring such happiness leads us to ask, can a plant be one's special someone? Here to help us tend to an answer, we have Alessia Resta, who is the author of Plants Are My Favorite People and host of The Apartment Botanist on Instagram. Alessia, welcome to The Food Chain. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Well, first off, right off the bat, my goodness sakes, girl, it is said that you tend 200 plants in an apartment of 750 square feet. How on earth do you do that? <laughs> it, uh, it has been uh, a challenge and also seemingly a little too easy to uh, fill up the space in, in our apartment. Um, we, we actually just recently moved uh, this last month out of the apartment into a home, but uh, we were in that apartment with over 200 plants. We were in that apartment for 10 years, and with all the plants, about seven or so. So uh, it's, been, um, it's been a really interesting uh, time finding spots for all the, the plants, uh, but it's made it really uh, affect the, like, you're feeling like you're in the jungle, you're surrounded constantly by plants. It's a really interesting feeling to, to have that in New York City. <laughs> So yes, and for the folks who don't know, you are you were in New York City in an, in an apartment in New York City, and I got to thinking about having two hundred plants in a seven hundred and fifty square foot apartment. It's kind of like New York City itself, but it gets right down <laughs> to it. <laughs> um, yeah. Having spent a lot of time there, uh, that's exactly what I felt like as a, a one plant in 200 in a 750-square-foot apartment because um, everybody's piled high on top of each other there. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of like the morning commute on the L train, but a little greener. There you go. <laughs> now, the, it's really significant that you were able to build a world for yourself with plants in New York City. Uh, you know, we're all familiar with Central Park and the wonderful plants it has there. But to bring the outside inside uh, and transform, it, it, I bet it was transformative to your way of seeing the world, was it not? Oh, absolutely. And I, I feel like I, I, and you said it perfectly, um, really bringing the outside in was, <clears throat> was my goal. I was really uh, I know a lot of people now of course were uh, starting off like working from home but when I started my collection I was um, I was starting my business and working from home and I just wanted to connect with nature because I kind of felt really stuck indoors and I uh, just like you said wanted to bring the outside and bring it in and have a little safe space to enjoy enjoy nature and you built a whole world around that. You became the apartment botanist on Instagram. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you set that up and, and uh, what, what is the reaction to your neighbors when they peek into your apartment and see a jungle? Uh, oh, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, um, that's so funny that you say that because that was when I originally started the, the Instagram apartment botanist. Um, it meant it was meant to be really fun and lighthearted um, and kind of silly because my thought was like, wouldn't like how cool would it be to collect, you know, plants and maybe even like especially rare plants in my New York City apartment? Uh, what would that look like? <laughs> what would that journey be like? And then also 
having people come and visit or look in and see things that they have never seen before or even if they hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, go to the botanical gardens. Maybe they, they don't even, you know, maybe they're seeing something that they could only see at the botanical gardens or maybe even not. So that was kind of my initial thinking going into it was like, how cool would that be to do that? Um, what did you do? I, did you have a background in botany or in plants, or where did all this come from? You just popped into <laughs> your mind one day. Yeah, I was. Um, my background's actually in um, in fine arts, uh, in particular. I uh, did sculpture, um, installation, uh, and I had like a lot of work with like three D printing and things like that. Um, and I used a lot of. Uh, nature and um as like influences in my work so when i was working with them and plants that way i was kind of looking more at the form um so you're, you're so talking aesthetics at, here so you're you have the eye of an yeah. artist here so you're you're not thinking about necessarily what's in the soil or anything you're thinking about the aesthetics of the plant itself mm-hmm. yeah exactly so yeah and i'm i'm you're looking at the plant for essentially it's looks right <laughs> not so much like what it even needs or anything like that I was, that was how i originally started it was like okay what am i just like by uh, my eye like what am i attracted to what do i want to um what's going to influence my artwork in this way um and just looking at a lot of kind of just like artists who are using really kind of this like bio art title <laughs> in their work and that's what i was really heavily influenced by um and when I started after I'd graduated college and really started kind of working from home, that's when I began being like, let me look further into this. Like, where, what's this plant's natural environment? Like, what am I potentially doing wrong or right? Um, and I just started just really wanting to gain a little bit more insight and knowledge into what I'm literally looking at when I'm looking at this plant in my home. Um, and that's where my interest kind of further proceeded with plants and really understanding them on a more, you know, you could say like biological level, like where, and also like where habitats, where they're coming from as well, um, and what they're native to. And where did you start with, with respect to plants? Did you start with golden pothos? Um, you know, I actually, um, I had beautiful west-facing light in uh, my apartment, and I, at the beginning, when I started just being generally interested in plants, I had a lot of uh, cacti and euphorbia, ah. succulents. Um, I really loved those plants, and um, I had a lot of those mainly in my home. And what's funny is, like, doing further research is, what I ended up learning was that even though could they survive in my apartment? Absolutely. Would they thrive in my apartment? Not necessarily. Not unless I was kind of willing to make adjustments, give them a little bit more sunlight, heat, 
Um, things that I don't know if I was necessarily willing to compromise as a plant parent or as I was developing as a plant parent. So instead I was like, okay, um, what can I, what do I want to put in my apartment and what, what am I willing to compromise in terms of like creating its habitat, um, or its natural environment. And I started kind of going from there and I also started looking at, um, what plants were considered rare, looking at like designers, even like um, abroad, seeing what they're using in their kind of like their space. Um, and so, from so there, kind you of know, it, it, Alessia, it sounds like you're yes. giving up your world to build a world <laughs> for them. Yeah, I always say with plants, it's give and take. And it's then that's part of figuring out the kind of plant parent you want to be is figuring out how much you're willing to give and, you know, uh, I guess with plants, how much I guess they're willing to take, right? Because <laughs> um, they're a lot uh, stronger and they they definitely can deal with a lot more than most people think. But of course, you have to balance it out with providing for them as much as you can um, with their with their base needs and um, and simple things, even just like humidity, um, more light if you don't have it, um, or less light depending on the plant. Um, and uh, you know, temperature because of course I I'm on the I'm still on the East Coast, so you know we have our harsh winters and things like that. So there's always a balance, and there's always kind of figuring out like how you have to adjust a bit, and then kind of how much the plants are able to you know withstand as well in in your space. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here in a minute, but in the minute we have left, I'd like to ask you, what is the reaction to apartment dwellers when they walk into your apartment? So I've had a few uh, different reactions. I've seen, I love when I see, when I just like briefly open my door and I see someone walk by and they just kind of stop for a second, like before they get to like the elevators and they kind of just take it in and like continue on with their day, kind of like a, your typical New York response, right? <laughs> um, and I've also had people who walk into my space um, and they're just so overwhelmed, but then have this sense of like calm and peace. And actually I've witnessed people go around to my plants and spend time with them and it's it's really interesting because i kind of witness a little bit of like uh i noticed like this intimacy because it's like maybe they don't have a plant or maybe they only have a few there you go. but they've never seen it in abundance like that okay we're going to take just, a quick break alessia but yeah. when we come back that is the subject we're going to pick up plants and people can plant yeah. can a plant be one's special someone do stay tuned right back Let's go back for more of What's Eating What on the Food Chain with Michael Olson. This is the Food Chain. Michael Olson, your host for this hour of What's Eating What with Alessia Resta, who is the author of Plants Are My Favorite People. And she is also the, uh, I guess, the uh, moderator for the Apartment Botanist on Instagram. And uh, you can click on that Instagram account and see some of the photographs. And what is it about Instagram that attracted you, Alessia? Was it the fact that you could feature your plants on the photo- with photographs more readily? Yeah, I agree. I think that the biggest thing that attracted me to using Instagram was um, 
being able to document that journey of what it would, what it was like bringing in all these plants and caring for them, um, and photographing that journey, whether it looked great or you know was a failure. To what do you attribute your bubbly personality? Do you think plants have anything to do with that? Um, I, I, I. I, I never thought of it like that. Actually, <laughs> that question kind of stumped me. I feel like I've always been myself, um, but I do feel like through the years that I've been collecting plants and having them, um, they've made me a lot more like a. I feel like calmer and more feeling grounded, if that makes sense. And uh, they always say with plants, you know, you learn patience. It's definitely, I think, holds true. Um, but plants also, for me personally, have taught me a lot about uh, forgiveness and kind of being able to be okay with starting over because that happens a lot with plants. Um, so I feel like that's affected me in that in that way a lot. Um, just kind of being a little bit more forgiving with myself um, and just being able to like kind of take it a little bit easier. Um, and also not to get so hard on myself, I guess, when something does, you know, happen with the plant or it doesn't work out, um, kind of being <laughs> well, able to move on and grow from you, there. You, you sound like you're having a great time with life. Now, I have to ask you, <laughs> I introduced the show with um, a quote from my friend Gerd Schneider, my late friend, who said, yeah. you know, without plants, people tend to get ugly. And... Uh, I, I once did a radio show from Soledad State Prison here in California, and uh, wow. I did a sh the radio show was focused on the prison's horticulture program. Uh, in the pop population of the prison, was kind of divided into two: those who worked in the horticulture program, which is to say, with the plants on the prison grounds, and those that did not. And in mm -hmm. an, you know, in walking through the prison grounds, you could see in an instant those who worked with the plants and those that didn't uh, because those that didn't were you know working out with weights and hanging out on the concrete grounds and whatnot and they had what seemed to be all of them scowls on their face you know <laughs> I'm, I'm the meanest guy in town and those that worked in the hort program uh, they all smiled at you um and you know, maybe that's probably a pretty gross generalization, and, and I'm sure the uh, uh, I would be scolded for, by most people for saying that. But that's what it seemed like to me, at any rate. So, mm -hmm. and you live in New York City, where you know plants inside are really tough to find, and you know New Yorkers have this per, this uh, reputation for being kind of gruff and, and short and whatnot. Do you think there's a, a relationship there between the lack of plants and the gruff nature of New York City people? Yeah, maybe. I think we, maybe New Yorkers get a little too bad of a rap. <laughs> but um, I understand what a lot of people see. I think it's always kind of uh, there's always something to do and always something to be done. And I think that's always kind of the mentality. And Get out of my like, way. I'm in a hurry to finish <laughs> this job. And if you're in my oh. way, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I even feel it from, I, I mean, I just moved from New York to New Jersey and it's, you know, it's pretty similar. Um, but even still, like, you know, even the slowed down pace, I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm feeling it now more. So I definitely think that fast paced life is holds true um, for, for a lot of, uh, for a lot of New Yorkers. Um, but I think plants are kind of that excuse to, 
stop and slow down and, you know, take a second to, to care for something that, um, you know, isn't necessarily a, a pet um, or, you know, uh, a partner or something like that. You know, it's, it's outside of that. It's something else that really has a different way of communicating and you kind of have to slow down and you kind of have to stop and look and see what's happening and try to your best to understand like how the plant is communicating with you. So I definitely feel like there is a correlation between, you know, maybe having a nice excuse to slow down and take a second to, you know, take in the plants and, and enjoy them. I mean, even as I'm having this conversation with you, I'm staring at all my plants and, <laughs> you know, it's just, a, it's definitely a, um, they're bringing over a, a level of, of calm and, uh, happiness that, it's a little unexplainable sometimes. It's what hard was, to, to... What was it Gerd Schneider said? The plants have a way of making us more human. Um, yeah. And, and in that regard, and with respect to what you have been saying about communicating with us, I always mm-hmm. like to ask, I think, what is my favorite question with plant people? And that is, do you think plants are sentient? Which is to say, do you think they have feelings? and emotions hmm. i think you know it's funny i i don't think about that too often but i have thought about it with the plants and i kind of do just by um the way of their a lot of them seeming to have personalities especially ones that like i've really connected with um or ones that have been with me the longest um in a way they have like a really um not a potent personality but a personality nonetheless like they have characteristics um and i know that sounds odd but i guess that's also with time and spending so much time around them um around like my particular ones they feel like they kind of do have a bit of a personality and or a bit of a a habit maybe it's how they grow um in their you know their growth behavior or what they can tolerate um I mean, I often uh, give pronouns <laughs> to my plants. Um, so, I mean, I, I in, a, in a sense, like, I do feel like they do have some type of personality. Um, you know, maybe, again, not as much as, like, we do or sometimes our, even our pets do. But um, I think that they, they might. <laughs> you know, it's easy to say, of course they don't when you walk by mm-hmm. them um, yeah. because there's so many of them and you don't really even look at them because they're everywhere, at least they are here where I live. Uh, you see plants mm-hmm. here and there are plants there. And so when you walk by them, you don't pay that much attention to them. But if you spend a lot of time with them and tend them and feed them and water them and prune mm-hmm. them and you know you get pretty close you can get pretty close to a plant and then i suspect as you have said you might you might start to think about it and i guess you have now you teach people how to come to grips with the becoming a apartment botanist as it were Uh, and you start off with uh, telling people talking about becoming a plant parent what do you mean by that and what do you mean by that? If plants don't have personalities, how <laughs> can okay, become a plant parent then? So um, I think that I kind of start off anytime anyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer Solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Wants to get into plants or comes to me and they're like, okay, I want all these plants, like just like you have. And I'm like, that's great. And you can definitely get there at some point, but you have to figure out the type of plant parent you want to be. Um, and that's really important because that's kind of your starting off point um, where you're A, being truthful with yourself, right? Um, and then B, you can six more, I would say a little bit more successfully choose the right type of plants to start off with um, because you don't want to go into it getting these, you know, high maintenance plants. You're not sure the kind of plant parent you want to be. And now you're, you know, struggling to keep all these plants that you don't you know know too much about alive and it, it just really ends up then um taking away your plant confidence <laughs> um and and wanting to continue in the hobby so i say okay first figure out like do you want to be a plant parent that um has to really you know care for a collection um really has to kind of look over a lot of plants where you know change a bit about your environment or would you rather be kind of more casual have a few plants pretty easy going you know apparently you know watering maybe once a week not changing too much about your environment you know so first kind of figuring out where you land on that plant parent spectrum yeah and i noticed and i, and I noticed that uh, what you said about starting off you started off with a, a room full of succulents which is pretty easy yeah. work right well you would think but actually it's not it's to, based on the plant parent I want to be, it was actually a little detrimental because I wanted to be more hands-on, and succulents don't really need that. So I was kind of, you know, for you know, forcing something uh, to maybe I wanted to to grow faster, so it wasn't as like satisfying. Even though visually I loved them, um, as a plant parent, I was kind of like, "Come on, kids, <laughs> jump up and sing for me. Let's go. Let's do something." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just like, I want, you know, I want to see that new leaf popping up, like, pretty often. I want to, and, you know, you know, that when going forward, I found out, like, okay, more, I'm more of, like, a philodendron kind of gal, <laughs> and, um, and, like, monsteras and things like that. Like, that was really, like, satisfying my plant parent <laughs> needs and wants. Um, so the most important thing, have, yeah, so the most important thing for, for to becoming a plant parent is to figure out mm -hmm. what kind of plant parent you want to be. You want something exactly. that's um, easy, easy to manage, and that will just uh, give you some joy looking at them, or do you want to get involved in their lives? And mm -hmm. there you go. So step number yeah. one. There you, what's, well, step number one, and I can have a quiz in my book so that can like kind of help you figure out what type of plant parent you want to be. And also be, you know, kind of knowing that uh, that could change over time. Like maybe also it can also change, you know, within, you know, a month or sometimes you want to be a little bit low, low maintenance sometimes you want to be a little high maintenance i do the same thing where i kind of you know fall back and forth between you know some plant parent personalities where i'm just mm -hmm. like sometimes i want to be more hands-off sometimes i want to be more hands-on and that's 
totally okay. Um, but, you know, your collection, of course, fluctuates based on that. So based on starting off, we kind of figure out the type of plant parent you want to be and start off with. Then from there, you can start kind of like, you know, the dating game, matching, <laughs> kind of matching your plant parent personality with your with the type of plants that could really work for you. Wait, um, wait a minute, you said dating game? <laughs> That's how I kind of look at it. It's kind of like those uh, old-fashioned, like, dating games. I always think about that, like... Um, they all kind of give off their plant care needs and like, you know, that you choose that door sure. <laughs> type of thing. At least that's what goes on in my mind, I guess. <laughs> so let's go out um, on a date and see if we like each other. Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of like, you know, bring it in your space and, uh, of course, understanding what your space is offering. Um, and if you have to, you know, depending on what, you know, what kind of light that you can provide, what kind of, or if it needs humidity or, um, you know, maybe if it's too cold, too hot, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm going from my apartment having really beautiful West facing light. Um, but now I'm actually in Southern light, which is wonderful, but it's almost a little too much oh, yeah. for the majority of my plants. So, you know, it's kind of this balance, but hey, I can get back those cacti and succulents that I wanted <laughs> back when I originally uh, started. But, um, you know, it's, it's really kind of like this, this dating game where you, you're um, figuring out now, you know, what works and what doesn't work um, and what you're willing to adjust and what you're not willing to adjust. So I feel like it's very kind of uh, imitating our, our relationships with, with other humans. Okay, yeah. And then what else about being becoming a plant parent? Um, what's become about uh, being a plant parent, I think you're also, uh, well, figuring out your personality, figuring out, you know, what plants may work in your space. And then from there, it's kind of figuring out just, like, what, how you want your collection to grow, um, maybe what kind of plants you want to collect, and then... I think one of the best parts that, at least for me, um, that I've I've had experience becoming a plant parent is then now connecting with other plant people and people in, within the community because that has been, I think, the biggest um, shock or kind of unexpected surprise that came out of starting all of this. Um, so so once, like you, once you become a plant parent, you mm -hmm. start to meet other plant parents, too. Yes. <laughs> and how, did, how, how did you go about meeting them? Well, a lot of um, a lot of it was, of course, through you know Instagram, through online, and then it would we would bring it into real life um, with like doing like plant swaps. So being able to, you know, uh, share each other's plants, like with you know through propagation. Um, and so when really you talk about a plant swap, is that a, a kind of an event where you take your plants and and put them on a table and swap them with other people's plants? Yes, exactly. You got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. We just we would um, like as a community would kind of set up these plant events, whether they be at like other like plant stores or wherever. There was a lot of places in in the city that we would always um, kind of set up these things uh, and. Uh, yeah, we would just have, like, plant swaps, share each other's plants, um, and then, like, meet up and even, like, kind of uh, go on. I remember going on, and this is, of course, pre 
pandemic, uh, we'd go on a lot of trips through, like, going to different plant uh, stores throughout, like, Brooklyn or the city, um, and just kind of, like, hanging out with each other and uh, geeking out about plants. Wow. <laughs> so that was, those friendships and those, that connect that connection with so many different people and just solely through the fact that we just really like plants. That was the most unexpected aspect to come out of starting Apartment Botanist. So, <laughs> um, I did meeting up, yeah, meeting up <laughs> with the plant people. Folks, <laughs> this is a Food Chain Radio program. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd like to ask Alessia Resta how to go about building a collection of plants that has a kind of a theme and uh, gives you a place to specialize, sort of, I think. This is the Food Chain right back. Do stay tuned. You can earn a substantial income by farming for the city. All you need to do is take your crop to market and win the competition for the consumer dollars. There is a well-proven strategy for winning this competition. You will find it embedded in Metro Farm, the guide to growing in or near the city for the city. Polyface Farms, Joel Salatin. Few how-to books could be more appropriate for our times than Metro Farm, a truly comprehensive manual. Metro Farm makes the whole embedded food system doable. It's a must-read. USDA Director Bud Kerr. Big Book. Metro Farm describes the agronomic, economic, and managerial concepts required to generate substantial profits from agricultural locales near metropolitan areas. Before you plant your seeds, pick up a copy of the Ben Franklin Book of the Year award-winning Metro Farm. Then plant your seeds and win the dollars. MetroFarm.com. MetroFarm.com. Duke the Pug will soon turn 20, which is pretty good for a dog breed that averages 11 years. When Duke was 13, he lost a lot of hair, had a hard time getting up for a walk, and his bowel movements were not very moving. We started making his food instead of buying it. We cook up a big batch of rice, chicken, broccoli, carrots, and turmeric, freeze meal-sized batches, and thaw them at mealtime. We also sprinkle Arthrodex on each meal. Arthrodex is a complete blend of plant-derived minerals, vitamins, amino acids, and enzymes formulated to make old dogs young again. And it does. Duke the Pug does have his problems, but he has all his hair, loves daily walks, and has no problems with his movements. Breakfast is at 7, and if it's not there by 7.01, we all hear about it. Make your old dog young again. Pick up Arthrodex at Nutrients2Go.com. And while you're at it, make yourself young again with a healthy body start pack. Nutrients2Go.com. Nutrients2Go.com. History buffs. This tale from Michael Olson's Tales from a Tin Can took place in Bremerton, Washington, August 1944. Bremerton was the best liberty port of the war, and I had a secret weapon for enjoying every second of it. Roller skates. No kidding. Now, right outside the gates of the base was a sailor bar, and almost every sailor would stop right there, but not me. I kept right on going till I get to the roller rink. Most of the guys thought I was nuts, but I wasn't. You see, there was no better way to meet girls than to skate around in a rink in your dress blues. Back in those days, I was limber enough to do tricks like wrapping one leg around my neck while I was skating on the other. Yeah, most of the guys thought I was crazy. They'd see me leaving the base with my skates and just shake their heads, but heck, I laughed all the way to the bank. Tales from a Tin Can contains 424 tales by 44 sailors aboard the USS Dale, from Pearl Harbor to Tokyo Bay. Order your Father's Day copy at talesfromatincan.com. That's talesfromatincan.com. Talesfromatincan.com. 
So much to say, so little time to say it on the Food Chain with Michael Olson. This is the Food Chain Radio Program, Michael Olson, with today with Alessia Rester, who is the author of Plants Are My Favorite People and host of the Apartment Botanist on Instagram. She is a plant person, a plant parent, and now she has two dogs, too. I got your hands <laughs> full, girl. I do. I have two dogs and a boyfriend. So, and a you boyfriend know. <laughs> and, and uh, 200 plants. Okay. And plants. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Now, you brought up something before the close of the last segment that caught my attention, and that mm-hmm. was the coronavirus pandemic and yeah. and how you know we're all stuck locked into our little cubicles and uh, you know the thought of of um you being locked up in a 750 square foot apartment with 200 plants that must have been a lot better than being stuck with the television yeah i um i can't disagree with you there i mean we're still stuck nonetheless but uh that was, uh, I think I was a little more prepared because that's why I started collecting plants was because I was already working from home years before the pandemic. And uh, I was, man, I was craving that nature because I felt like I was stuck on behind a computer screen all day long. And and then just <clears throat> to switch in and be surrounded by plants made office, the feeling of the home office a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of comfort there, and and uh, also a lot of things to tend. You could turn around in your chair and, and uh, see s- s- some plants saying, "I need your attention." <laughs> exactly. They would. Uh, they would also. It was very. You know, being in such close quarters, a lot of uh, <clears throat> nature in interfering with technology, kind of taking over. <laughs> there you go. Well. Contending for attention and for resources, precious resources, yeah. So I'd like to talk a little bit about building a collection. So it's it's one thing to, um, you know, collect a few plants here and there, but it's another thing to actually, uh, you know, building a collection that has a specific yeah. kind of theme and whatnot. So let's go back to the plant dating scene. I think that's what would probably where it would start, right? Yeah, I think that um, figuring out, like, you know, what kind of plants are going to go well with your plant parent personality and, of course, in your space, you know, what you're willing to give and take on top of that. Um, so starting there, you're probably going to narrow down, you know, uh, a types of plants that are going to work really well for you and that you really like. Um, so for me, it kind of started off being um, philodendrons. And like monsteros, that was kind of what I was starting out with collecting a lot of. Um, and they just did so what, well. What was it about in, those plants that uh, attracted you? Were they easy to manage and kind of? Yeah, it was. I think it was because it was um, A, there's just so many beautiful philodendrons, the foliage. I'm, I'm a foliage kind of gal. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love a good leaf um, and like different shapes and textures. And it just, um, it had so much to offer in terms of, you know, what you could collect and choose and find. And it could also be common to, to really rare um, philodendrons or, and even monsteras that you could have, Um, you know, also access, even though they're a little bit tougher to like, some were a little bit tougher to find than others. It was still, you know, kind of that, 
that thrill of finding and and um and collecting it and it wasn't like too bad and or too expensive <laughs> um, has it, has the internet just, changed the your ability or opened up your ability to collect, to be a collector I mean, is there somebody? Oh, is there somebody like in in Winnemucca, Nevada, that grows these very special, you know, philodendrons that only he or she grows that you can access like that? Um, there are. I mean, maybe not Nevada, maybe in Florida, but yes, <laughs> there are definitely um, you know growers who are um, or who are you know growing very specific types of, of plants or philodendrons. Um, there's also you know people who are. You know, going out conserving the plant because um, maybe it is endangered. Um, figuring out then how to propagate it. You know, there's a lot to be said. And um, you know, this can also be a whole other conversation. You know, there's a fine line, I think, in the ethics with when it comes to plants because they're, of course, sadly poachers because you know plants have been very desirable lately. But I'm on the same. But there's also people who are conserving the plant and actually keeping it you know, alive and propagating because so many more people have interest and really the ability and understanding about plants that, you know, keeping it propagating, keeping it alive, keeping it going has also been great. But, you know, of course, where there is good, there's also sometimes not so good. Well, and um, yeah, where there's value, you know, there's yeah. there are, are plant poachers for sure. And, yes, we, you know, we know course. with interest uh, mm -hmm. We see a, a lot more plant poaching here during the pan the pandemic than we have before. Just in you know yeah. the newspaper of our our local newspaper, there it is. Um, yeah. Gee whiz! Somebody took all my plants. Where'd they go? Yeah, it's it, with the popularity and with honestly plant prices going really high because they have just from 2017 to now. I mean, it's. It's it's pretty extreme, and even um, even overseas, where where um, if you do buy overseas, even the prices there have gone up, where they used to be, you know, more affordable. Um, and it's you know it's difficult. I think it's always you you know got to do your due diligence wherever you are purchasing, um, and have I you know have my trusted suppliers or buyers, whoever, um, and uh, and you know I speak with them talking to them, I have you know years relationship with them so I feel you know comfortable you know knowing where my plants are coming from and you know doing all that proper paperwork and all that stuff but you know it's it's definitely up to you know as you want to grow you know and collect where you're getting them from um you know is, is a good thing to to know and understand but right that's uh, that's a whole big conversation. Um, yeah. Well, and, as, lo as long as we're roaming freely through the world of plants, yeah. let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about setting up a small greenhouse in your backyard and propagating yeah. plants and selling them? I would love to um, set up a greenhouse <laughs> now that uh, we have the space um, in, in, a, in a home and kind of like looking towards the future and, you know, what that looks like. I would love to be able to um, propagate and either, whether it be selling or just sharing mm -hmm. plants, I think it's just either way, it's kind of important. There's a, um, there's a real fun story in, in Metro form about a gal named Jan LaJoy up in Medford, Oregon, uh, mm -hmm. which is probably the same kind of climate you have there when it gets right down to it. But uh, she was a plant person like you, loved plants and... and uh, 
built a little greenhouse in her backyard and her and her two daughters started propagating plants and just for the fun of it and then had all of these plants what do we do with them so she took a shoebox full down to the, gro- the local grocery store the chain store and, and uh, the produce guy was so enamored with the fact that she could grow starts Whereas, you know, the starts that came all the way from California would be all croaked by the time they got there in a truck. So she developed a specialty of of small plants, starter plants for people, and uh, built a a pretty substantial business in in her own backyard out of that. It was a fun story. That's really nice. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's... It's the power of plants. <laughs> the power of plants. Yeah, they kind of took her over um, yeah. and said, this is where we want to go. And, and she, <laughs> so she just said, okay, I'll go there with you. And, and yeah. uh, took her away like that. So when you're building a collection, um, yeah. so it, you kind of want the, the plants to be in the same kind of theme or something. Like if you, you mentioned uh, succulents, right? Um, yeah, or or phil- philodendrons, uh, mm-hmm. and what about orchids? I've done some interesting shows about orchid thieves. I know. I I am hoping to have the the space and more kind of wherewithal to to get into orchids. I've tried a few times and have failed very sadly <laughs> with a few of the orchids that I tried keeping in my collection. But I'm hoping I can try again now that I have again a little bit more space and um, may, maybe a little bit more time to to tend to them. But I would love to try keeping. Um, orchids uh there are really some really beautiful jewel orchids that have gorgeous leaves and um even the miniature orchids like they're really beautiful so so many fun orchids out there so i definitely would like to try um but i currently don't have any in my collection what was it about orchids that do you think uh would not allow you to be their parent so i think that the particular orchids i was looking at a lot of like jewel orchids, even though some were easygoing and were doing just okay, I think that uh, one the the plant real estate in the apartment was just a little too occupied, <laughs> um, so I couldn't get them in the right spot, mm-hmm. um, and I was kind of struggling figuring out what that right spot was, and I think also temperature. I think it was um, for some at least some was maybe a little too. Um, Maybe getting like the the temperature fluctuation was a little too much, or like the inconsistency yeah. of it. And I wonder about it the just, relative yeah. humidity as well. Yeah, and and even though it was pretty humid, um, some I know some some orchids do like it uh, like colder at night, and like it really I don't think it was getting, you know I think it was just like the te- like too many different um, needs for the types that I had, and I couldn't. I couldn't make it work for all, and then also on top of it, not really having, I feel like, the right uh, mm-hmm. spot for them ever. So it's probably yeah, yeah. it's probably safe to say that the farther away you go from, the, from their natural environment, the more mm-hmm. attentive you have to be to their environment. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. And like the more, of course, you have to be willing to then kind of figure out how do you, how do you imitate that, that plant's environment in like a small space and then also, you know, have it not 
negatively affect, you know, the rest of your plant. So it can get a little tricky in terms of balance. And then, you know, of course, I was also restricted in terms of space. So a lot of my plants all kind of had similar base needs. And this kind of going into, a, you know, talking about building your collection. Yeah. So a lot of my plants really liked bright light. Um or bright and direct light, and humidity. So that's kind of like the baseline for the majority of my plants. So in terms of building your collection, you want to kind of have synergy, right? So you want to have this synergy amongst your plants where you feel like, okay, routine is pretty similar. We're all getting along here. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, we all can either, we're, even if though maybe high humidity, because, I mean, I still do have some, like euphorbia and cacti, even though they don't really need humidity, um, it was still, you know, not too much where it was detrimental to those plants. Um, and, you know, so basically kind of finding that balance. Um, and that comes with, I think, like, you know, the slow build of, oh, you know, that would, plant yeah, that would probably come from ardent dating, right? <laughs> yeah exactly and like kind of yeah exactly it's like also there's like that slow build um uh -huh. even though i think that and i still will be like five new plants in now i gotta figure out how to take care of five new plants <laughs> um but if you can resist try to go a little bit slower i think it's it's easier and it's also um better for you as a new plant parent to um not feel so overwhelmed too <laughs> because like it does you know need you know, you need to figure out that plant's care and, um, you know, figuring out that right spot for it in your house and your space. Um, so, you know, that slow buildup and collection and not that you have to have the same type of, um, you don't have to have the same type of plants amongst all your plants, but, you know, you'll, you'll notice that um, the plants that work in your space most likely all have that same base need or similar care needs um, and you'll start to notice that and those will be most likely the plants that you'll um, bring in and have a lot of success with and it'll just uh, increase your plant confidence and so you'll feel more confident to keep trying Ooh, I'm so sorry that's okay <laughs> we already know that um, you have two dogs <laughs> but we yeah, don't we hear do. your boyfriend yet <laughs> but that leads, that, that leads me to, um, we have just about a, a minute or so left, so I have to ask yeah. the most important question. Um, I guess my wife and I are both plant lovers, um, mm -hmm. and but sometimes we love one plant, kind of plant, more than the other. I tend to love my fruit trees, and Marlene yeah. loves her leafy plants, um, <laughs> but we still get along. So I have to ask you. <laughs> Does your boyfriend ever get jealous of your plants? Uh, you know, he doesn't. He really loves it. If anything, I've turned him into the green side of things. Um, and I think that he doesn't get jealous, but he does get really kind of into it. And he'll start um, spitting out kind of like plant knowledge that he's now heard through me <laughs> and i uh i think if anything yeah i think he's he's only gained uh, a closer relationship with plants 
And what could be better than that? And then you have succeeded. Alessia Resta, thank you so much for joining us. She is the author of Plants Are My Favorite People and host of The Apartment Botanist on Instagram. And remember Michael Olson's second law of the food chain. The farther you go from the source of your food, the less control you have over what's in your food. Thank you, Alessia. Thank you. Thank you so much. been listening to the award-winning food chain radio show with michael olson and if your friends missed the show tell them to log on the food chain page at metrofarm.com for a listen now go out and find some food with its farmer's face on it and live Open for takeout and delivery, El Tapioc Mexican Food Restaurant in the Tri-City Center of Redlands is back. Their entire family is on hand to serve up their delicious burritos, machaca, chorizo, huevos rancheros, steak and eggs, just part of their mouth-watering great food. Since 1531, people have marveled at the miracle of El Tapioc, and now you can marvel at the great food the Lugo family has been serving up for over two decades. Nestled quietly in the corner of the Tri-City Center shopping mall next to Burlington Coat Factory. Support them. They can't wait to serve you some of their delectable, authentic, south-of-the-border Mexican fare at great prices, served up with love. Support the area's best-loved Mexican food restaurant in these tough times. Order up a tasty meal on the phone for delivery or takeout, for breakfast, lunch, or dinner from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call 909-307-0017. That's 909-307-0017. Or Google El Tapioc Redlands and treat yourself. It's time to make the Tri-City Center in Redlands a regular part of your weekly shopping experience. Tri-City is home to a wide assortment of quality businesses, including the all-new Ocean Aquatics. Check out their variety of exotic tropical fish, along with fish food, accessories, and tanks of all shapes and sizes. The Tri-City Center is located just off of Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Visit the Tri-City Center today and find out why it's called the Mall with a Heart. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. This episode.